Hi, I'm Tammy Hicks-Jackson. Welcome to my podcast. I am a Christian pastor in the United Methodist tradition, and this podcast covers a variety of topics. You may find anything from Bible study and devotions to yoga and meditation from a Christian perspective to my thoughts on Christian leadership and the church. Look for the descriptions and the tags for each episode to find what you're interested in. And thanks for taking this journey with me. Let's jump into this episode. Let's continue to talk about trust and leadership. Um, Now, I am sharing from the book, The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. I highly encourage you to get the book, to read it all and digest all that it is there. I'm sharing snippets, but I'm not sharing the whole book because one, that would violate copyright. That would violate Stephen Covey's um, rights as the author of this book to share his intellectual property in its entirety um, and would also not only be unethical, but be against the law, but because I'm just sharing the things that are part of my journey. Now, if you listen to me regularly, I may sound a little differently today. I am in the throes of seasonal allergies. It is pollen season, um, so I don't always sound quite like this. The other thing I want to say to you as we begin is I am not holding myself up as an expert in building or rebuilding trust. This is a growing edge for me as well. I just happen to agree with Stephen M. R. Covey, who says on page two of his book that trust is the key leadership competency for the new global economy. The key leadership competency. I agree with that. And so this is very much my growing edge as well. I have made many of the mistakes that we're going to talk about, including some of them very, very recently. But it is something we all need to grow in. In the world we live in today, people need to be able to trust us and they need to be able to trust our organizations. In my case, because I am a clergy person, they need to be able to trust the church. And much has been done to harm the people's ability to trust the church from our scandals to our reputation for, for meanness. Christians do not have a good reputation, um, good credibility right now, and we need to be working on changing that. I want to start by sharing with you a quote off of, out of the forward of the book. It's on the little forward page 25 by little XXV is how they designate it. So here this quote, low trust causes friction whether it is caused by unethical behavior or by ethical but incompetent behavior, because even good intentions can never take the place of bad judgment. Low trust is the greatest cost in life and in organizations, including families. Low trust creates hidden agendas, politics, interpersonal conflict, interdepartmental rivalries, win-lose thinking, defensive and protective communication, all of which reduce the speed of trust. Low trust slows everything, every decision, every communication, and every relationship. So I am hopeful that between the introduction, the previous podcast, and this one, that I I have convinced you that trust is a factor we need to work on, that everybody needs to work on. It's not just in my local congregation for whom I am targeting this. It is for all of us. And I will say again that I believe every Christian is a Christian leader because you are representing Christ everywhere you go and everything that you do. So every action, every behavior, every thought, every word coming out of your mouth either points people to Christ or points people away from Christ. And so we want to keep working to be sure that we are pointing people to Christ. 
Over on page 20 of The Speed of Trust, Covey talks about a formula for organizational success. Those of you in the business world have probably already heard this formula. It is S times E equals R, or strategy times execution equals result. So if we have a good strategy, we execute it well, we will get good results. If we have a poor strategy or we don't execute well, we will get poor results. And if strategy or execution, one of the two are not good, that will lower the result. However, Covey adds another factor in here. He adds trust. So you have your strategy and your execution. So your plan and how you implement your plan But even that has to be multiplied by trust, the trust factor, in order to get your result. You can have a good strategy and good execution, but if people don't have trust, you will get a diminished result. If, however, people trust you, you can have your strategy and your execution and your trust will raise the level of your result. It is impacted by whether or not people trust us. So trust becomes an important factor because we can do everything well and still not get the result we want if people don't trust us. And we can do our very best but not get it all right and still be okay if people trust us. Over on page 25, Covey talks about myths about the truth. I just want to share three of the nine that he talks about there because they're important. The first myth I want to talk about is that trust is built solely on integrity. The truth is that integrity matters, but trust is a function of both character and integrity is a part of character, but it is a function of character and competency. In the quote that I shared earlier, you heard me say that low trust can cause friction and that can be caused by unethical behavior or by ethical but incompetent behavior. So our our competency matters as well as our character. The second myth I want to mention to you is the idea that once trust is lost, it can never be restored. That's a myth. Trust, it can be difficult to restore, but in most cases, trust can be restored. It can be rebuilt. And others are watching our efforts to faithfully try to restore that trust. And so even if it's unsuccessful with the people we're trying to rebuild the trust with, It builds our trust with others for us to make that effort and try. And the third myth I want to mention is that trusting people is too risky. And the truth is that it is not trusting that is a greater risk. We have to be able to put our trust in something and someone. And so building trust and placing ourselves in a position where we can trust is important. Covey talks more about character and competence beginning on page 29 of the book. Now, you might think a person is great, sincere, and honest, but trust requires you also believing in their ability. So you can believe they're an honest person and still not trust them in the area that you need to. Let me give you an example. You can interact with someone who is a great business leader. You would trust them with your money, with leadership of your organization, with managing your employees, with plotting your strategy and implementing it all day long, but you might not trust them with your child because they are, their competency is in business. It is not in relationships and children. A person needs to be honest and have competency in the area that you want. So it matters that we have the skills and abilities that we need. Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great, talks about level five leaders in his book, Good to Great. 
And he uses the phrase extreme personal humility, that's character, and intense professional will, that's competency. So when he talks about high-level leaders, those are at the peak of being able to lead, level five leaders, they have both character and competency because they have an extreme personal humility. They also have intense professional will. Think about it this way. You want your surgeon, your medical surgeon, your medical professionals to have both. You want them to be honest, integrity, people full of integrity, people who have humility, who are people of character, but you also want them to have some skills. Before they pick up the scalpel, you want them to have skills. In our context of where we're talking about this, why would people expect less of their spiritual health providers? Those of us who are trying to help them on their spiritual journey, they need to trust us in our character. They also need to trust us in our competency. And that's why it is worth studying trust, and it is worth um, learning and growing forward. This is actually why I'm sharing these ideas with you, is to help you grow as I am growing. Christianity, after all, is a sanctification journey, right? If you are a Methodist, we talk a lot about grace, provenient grace, justifying grace, and sanctifying grace. Provenient grace is the grace that draws us into this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Justifying grace is the grace that translates us from one one world to the other, from not being right with God to being right with God. But that justification is a moment that starts a new journey, and that's a sanctification journey of becoming more like Christ. We're ever growing. We're going on to perfection. We're doing all we can to become exactly like our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is why it is worth studying and building our skills in both our character and our competency so that we can build trust. And I've already admitted to you that I haven't done some of this well. I've been guilty of violating some of these principles, and I have done things that have eroded trust. But I am now seeing that I need to do better. And when we know better, we do better. And that's what we're doing. I've realized that the leadership skills that I brought to the table have become much less effective We now live in a world that is very different than the world in which I first went into ministry when I first began stepping into leadership roles, and those particular skills have become less effective in our current environment. We live in what many call a post-Christian world. Certainly, the post-COVID world is very different, and I realized that my competency was not what it needed to be. It was not sufficient for the current environment, and I set out to get some more skills. That's why I began a journey of studying leadership. It's why I'm in a doctor of ministry program around spiritual leadership for unsettled times. And none of that, when I say we need to grow in this area, none of that is an indictment of what it means for me as a person. I've tried to lead the best I can and condemning myself for the places where I failed won't help. But I also need to admit where I haven't done as well as I should have. And it doesn't undervalue the leadership that I have already given in the ways that I have led well. It just means I need to be willing to grow and continue to do better. So I hope that those are the same things that you will internalize. The fact that the leadership skills you might currently possess aren't sufficient for the world in which we are now doesn't mean that you haven't meant well or that you haven't led well. It simply means we need to continue to grow and recognize the environment that we're in now. So, 
even if you think you have mastered trust and mastered leadership, there's always room for a refresher, right? So these can be beneficial as we remind ourselves, even if you do think you are a master of this. I want to give you three verses to think about from Scripture. The first one is from Proverbs 10, chapter 10, verse 9. I want to share it with you in the New Living Translation. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. It's important that we have integrity, that we build trust with people, because if we have ulterior motives, if we're not walking a right path, it will get exposed. Now, I believe that we have good motives. We intend well, but it's important that we learn whether or not we're actually doing well, because we can have good intentions, but that's not enough. We must also have good competency. And everything that is hidden will some will eventually be exposed. Scripture tells us that as well. And we need to be as transparent as we can so that those who are watching us can believe that um, we are trying to do our best. That will build trust. I'm not saying that we are following crooked paths or that we're trying to hide stuff, but I am saying that there are those in the world who wonder, who are questioning, and we need to do what we can to try to help them have confidence in us. The book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 7, again, I'm sharing in the New Living Translation, says, You must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Everything that we do reflects on Christ, and we must set a good example before the world that we are trying to reach. We are speaking with our lives as well as our words about who Christ is, about what Christ came to do, about what Christ and the Holy Spirit are doing in the world today, about who God is. That's a tremendous responsibility. Second Corinthians 5, 19 says, 520, I think, says that we are ambassadors. That's what it means. We are representing the world of God, the kingdom of God to those around us. And the last verse that I will share is from Proverbs chapter 28, verse 6. It is better to be poor and walk in integrity than to be crooked in one's ways, even though you are rich. Our integrity, our trust factor, how we are building trust matters. We might not be rich in money, But even if we were rich in money, if we were rich in attendance, if we were rich on being the popular congregation or church, if we as individuals built a a grand name around who we were, if we were well-known in Christian circles, if we have done any of that in a way that is not a way of integrity, then none of that matters. It would be better to have none of that and be people of integrity who build trust and that people can trust than it is to not have them. And I believe that we get all those other things added to us when we walk in integrity, when we do all that we can to build trust, when we are humble about our failures, then we get all those other things as byproducts. But we need to focus on the right thing, which is making sure that we are accurately representing the kingdom of God and who Jesus is to the world, and that that way we are building trust because we are on a journey of representing Christ and of trying to grow and become better disciples. So I hope that you will be praying and thinking about how you can continue to build trust. Um, Let's pray. Most gracious and loving God, we ask that you continue to renew our minds around this issue of trust 
about how we can build and not erode trust. Give us humility and courage enough to admit the ways that we have eroded trust and to be open to your Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts and lives for how we can rebuild that trust, for how we can work to restore those relationships. Open our hearts and our minds to see how trust may be a key leadership competency as we seek to move forward as your people in our particular context. How can we be live and be as the people of God so that people can trust us and by doing so, come into relationship with you in a way that helps them trust you. Be with us. Forgive us for where we fail. Strengthen us for what we look to do, that all we do and say and think and are may be for your glory and honor. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. That's all for now. Check back for more on leadership and trust. Thank you.